The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where we talk about sex in the news. And tonight we're going to talk about how being good in bed could be a bad thing. Tell you about that. And uh, people are having less sex during lockdown, it seems. But before I get to that... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. So I got some interesting emails. One pretty disturbing one, actually, that I want to share with you, and I'm going to read it because it's from one of our regular listeners and somebody who uh, tends to write in rather frequently. Uh, And another one is a follow-up on a situation that we've talked about here on the program. Of course, you can send in any question you have, and I'll answer them anytime during the evening, or uh, your two cents on any of the stories we're uh, going to be uh, talking about tonight, 514-800 to text in. Dr. Lori, what is wrong with people? I am sitting here in uncontrollable tears. I am a person of good nature, a volunteer in my community. I have even taught karate at the YMCA to young people uh, for free. I am a third Dan in karate and very capable to defend myself. I have only had to use it once on a date that went very wrong. Let me put it this way. His aggressiveness got him a broken arm and multiple contusions, not to mention he was arrested. But to Today was the second. I am an over 50 woman, but look much younger and considered attractive, but I'm fed up being called a effing chink and COVID carrier. Those are her words, okay? I am Japanese, not Chinese, but many cannot tell the difference and it should not matter. Today, I lost it. In a parking lot with lots of witnesses, three young men wearing handkerchiefs as masks started on the comments. Most of the sexual uh, were of sexual nature and a few racist comments. As I went to my car, they followed me from behind, but I just ignored them. Just as I opened my car door, I turned and one of them spit on me and was coming closer. My defense mechanisms kicked in. In a few short seconds, he was on the ground bleeding from his nose and I hit him just above the knee. He could not even get up. His two friends were running away. The police came and fortunately I had lots of witnesses. I was simply defending myself. The policeman woman questioned witnesses and was told I would be cleared should the young man attempt to press charges against me. He was taken in an ambulance and was told I will be contacted. I feel terrible that it came to this. I keep thinking I should have called police when the name calling started, but never thought it would have come to this. I called friends and they all said I did the right thing. We are all stressed out and this is not who I am. I am as Canadian as anyone else. Is this what I am in store for until the pandemic is just a bad memory? This pandemic is not my fault, in big caps. I'm just a victim of circumstance like everyone else, but I seem to be more of a target. I find this absolutely appalling that this kind of thing is happening. Absolutely appalling, and I am so sorry that you have had this uh, horrible experience, and I can't believe that there are people out there like this. I mean, I should believe it, but I I hate to believe that this is um, 
that there's such evil in people's hearts. I really do. And uh, thank you for, for reaching out. Reach out anytime you want. And I'm so sorry that you went through this. You should never uh, have experienced this kind of, of racism and uh, related especially to some to this pandemic that we are all experiencing, which has no color, no race, no age, no religion, no nothing. It's touched everybody. Horrible. Uh, this is the follow-up to, if you remember, the woman who had met a guy on a dating site to then find out he was married because she had gone to his house and the wife answered the phone. And uh, then we got a follow-up that the wife had kicked him out. And lo and behold, the two have become chummy. Okay, so the ex, the, the, the jilted wife, the jilted girlfriend, or the both betrayed uh, one, both completely lied to. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Lori, if you recall, I am the woman who discovered a man I was seeing was married and found his home address, went over and met his wife. We have become rather good friends. And we spoke this morning and told me her husband moved out late last night. She did a little investigating on her own. And it seems I was not the only one he has been with in the last two years, including paying for sexual services. Had I not brought this to her attention, she would have never known. She told me she was 110% sure he was true, blue, and honest. I quote, uh, any woman who is 100% sure her man is totally honest and sincere should look twice. I guess this is what her newfound friend said. She is brokenhearted, but feels she was taken as a fool. He told her he will give her no trouble in the divorce, but asked her not to say anything to his family. He admitted to some things, but not everything, and said he really loved her. She opened up to me and told me he asked her to have a threesome with another woman, or maybe two, and wanted her to have sex with other men in front of him. She thought it was only horny talk during sex. Now she is sure he was serious. Her love for him is lost. She just wants to move on and take some time for herself. We seem to have much in common, not only in the man department, but socially as well. We are both well-educated, we both like crochet, we both love plain cribbage, and we both like our coffee black with a bit of lemon. Nice to have friends, especially ones we can relate to. We both have one question for you. I'm going to throw it out to everybody, okay? This question is not for me. Is there any man who is totally honest and totally trustworthy? I would say, why men? Is there a person, forget, it's man or woman. It's not just about men here. Women cheat too, by the way. Uh, we both were sure we had one, but found out differently. Even my married girlfriends who are in love with their husbands are vigilant somewhat. Maybe horny teenage boys only turn into horny mature men and the lust for other women can be overpowering. What say you, passion community? Um, I, I would like to believe that there are men who can be totally trustworthy and awesome. Uh, I, I, I've certainly met some, at least in my in my practice, who have told me. I don't know why they would lie in a situation like therapy, for example. So I, I, they exist. I've also met women who are not totally trustworthy. It's not just the man thing. Um you tell me. So uh, you you have your two cents in here as well tonight. 514-800. For the woman who defended herself, text her right since she did the right thing defending herself. Fantastic. She stood tall. Uh, it, it can feel empowering to have those uh, self-defense uh, techniques kick in. You hope you never 
have to use it, but when uh, push comes to shove, literally, it, it's nice to know you could do a karate move or throw a punch or what have you. Um, hi, Dr. Laura. I'm a proud Canadian, Quebecer, and Montrealer, born and raised, but that kind of outrageous criminal behavior that that woman had to endure in the parking lot sickens me completely. We have to do so much better. It's shameful. I am, that's the right word. It's absolutely shameful, pure and simple, shameful. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Um, for uh, Mackie, who is uh, Japanese and had to go through uh, these racist uh, uh, comments in a parking lot, disgusting, this person writes, it's so very sad and disgusting how these misogynistic racists find excuses to assault innocent women. They obviously never imagined she could defend herself, which is why these pathetic cowards chose her. I'm so glad she surprised them and gave them what they deserve. They should have gotten far worse. Bravo for this brave heroine. Um, yes, you are a heroine for sure. Thank you for um, giving them a little bit of something back, right? But you're right, they deserve a whole lot more, and hopefully the police will get on that as well. So are people having less sex, more sex? What do you think? Well, according to the owners of Durex, and by the way, they also own Lysol and things like that, but uh, they own Durex condom. They said that people are having less sex since the uh, coronavirus crisis. Condom sales have fallen in most markets, pretty much all over the world. Um, What's interesting is that uh, the opposite now is true in China, where the lockdowns have been lifted. Now the sale of condoms have uh, started uh, going up. So uh, interestingly, uh, bookmakers, you know, bookies, have predicted there will be a baby boom in 2021, as enforced isolation prompts more established couples to conceive. This is based on the theory that birth rates rise sharply after periods of national crisis, like World War II, for example. However, uh, many experts actually dispute this, saying the opposite is more often true after um, pandemics. What do you think? More babies? I say more divorces. It's going to be more divorces, less sex, less babies um, born, for sure. Well, for sure. Well, I guess we will see. All right. To answer the question about are all men not trustworthy and honest and, and such, uh, sadly, the real answer is no. I am a male and consider myself more honest than most, but no, at best, 85% totally open and honest. Any guy who says he's 100% honest only proves my point. Give me five minutes with him and a few key questions. Okay, so you're saying there are no men who are 100% honest. Are there women that are 100% honest? I guess it depends what we all mean by honest or what are, you know, honest with your thoughts, honest with your actions. Like, what are we talking about? 
Uh, Text writes, Hi, Dr. Lori. COVID-19 is doing a number on a bunch of us in the intimacy department, but multiple phone and video calls daily with my girlfriend absolutely helps beat the physical isolation while we're stuck in our respective homes. We know we'll pick it up again one day in the future. Um, I'm utterly shocked and appalled at what that poor Asian woman had to undergo due to apparently none other than uneducated, ignorant, and prejudiced, not to mention primitive Neanderthals, it seems. And if it's any consolation to her as an actual human being, I would like to apologize on the behalf of such cheap imitations thereof. Well said. I feel like, yes, it's, it's like there's a shame that we feel like the, the, being part of this human race, that there's other humans that do this kind of thing. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, on to uh, other interesting, uh, interesting studies, which I like to share with you. So uh, an article about how being good in bed, in quotation marks, good in bed, could be um, a bad thing. So can that ever be a bad thing to be good in bed? So here's the thing. This person writes, many factors go into being good in bed. The physical technique, so when, where, for how long to touch, for example, these are things that can be learned. Then there's the mental technique, what you say to your partner, how and when you say it. And then there's the mental attitude, the enduring, loving attitude of the partner. So in brief casual sexual encounters, the third factor, the the mental attitude, fades in importance. When it comes to enduring, uh, enduring romantic love, however, mental attitude wins the prize. The first two factors determine your immediate level of satisfaction from the sexual experience, but the third determines whether you would choose to see your partner the morning after. This may explain why you, in casual sex encounters, it's like, okay, bye-bye, I don't want to wake up next to you, right? Uh, so the concern of this, uh, this research was not with the physical or mental techniques, but rather with the mental attitude associated with the desire to be together for the long term. So they asked, uh, what they asked women, what qualifies a man as good in bed? So here's a, a couple of answers. Um, reciprocation, listening to what I tell them feels the best. Uh, it's super hot if he takes you to a very expensive restaurant first. Uh, kissing, if you aren't good at kissing, then just go home. I've never found a better indicator of how good a guy is in bed than by how he kisses. Uh, him making the effort and taking the time to make sure you finish, even after he's finished. Patience and willing to improve. Uh, be enthusiastic. Don't be a jackhammer. Try some new moves. Take your time. You're supposed to have fun, remember? Another one says, please, 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 for the love of the gods, do not assume that just because you came first, it means we are done. Don't ever leave your lady high and dry. Uh, Good communication is the hottest thing in bed. A guy who isn't too hard and putting on an act is much more enjoyable to, to be with than someone who's trying to be some kind of porn star. So what they found was that the thread that ran through the answers about what women thought was good in bed was the, they, what they valued was a personal caring attitude involving time, attention, 
and effort to make a woman feel good, uh, not only in the actual sexual interaction, but even after, so for a a longer uh, period. So the sincerity of this loving attitude, basically, is absent in the mechanistic attitude of men who are, quote-unquote, experts in satisfying women. So if you look at mechanistic lovers, they learn by heart all the ins and outs of women's sexuality. Their technique remains the same regardless of differences in their attitude toward any particular woman or circumstance. A woman expresses this mechanistic attitude when describing her previous lover. Our sex was incredible, but far from natural, more like perfectly staged porn, and he was the superstar. What was behind this man's perfect performance? Was I his sexual stimuli, or were these his signature moves with every other woman? I was just another episode for him. Um, So, would you ever think that one's uh, performance could be so good, so mechanically good, like perfect performance, that the woman would want to leave because she couldn't sleep beside you afterward due to the fact that it felt like an unnatural, um, it, it just felt like unnatural, right? The, the, the nature of this act was, was, was put on like um, an act. So uh, these mechanical experts, sex experts, these, these men, Uh, usually do not have a personal caring attitude involving time, attention, and effort to make a woman feel good for the long term. They've been in the same situation with many different women. This is nothing new. Uh, One woman describes it as, these men are made out of marble, perfectly chiseled without heart. (laughs) Um, They are called women experts. Like they are that good in bed, but they lack what's really good. This is the bottom line, what's really good. They lack the genuine curiosity associated with real imagination. Their behavior is devoid of meaningful uh, development. It's just uh, like just purposeful. That's it. They're not interested in the process. They just want the goal. They're orgasm or giving their partner an orgasm. They are the kinds of guys that tell women what they want to hear. But to the sensitive woman, she does not believe them. Everything seems too exaggerated, too embellished, too perfect. Basically, these men lack a true interest in any specific woman, but a greater interest in their own achievement, how fast they can get her into bed. Women, how many men have you met like this? The perfect, mechanically so, lover, but one that you wanted to leave right after, where there was not going to be any bonding afterwards, where there was not going to be any enduring emotional intimacy afterwards. Just too good sex, mechanically so, so bottom line is for women, the bonding, the intimacy, the after sex is actually what makes for a better sexual relationship. So being too good in bed mechanically doesn't seem to fly with women. That is not what um, is the most satisfactory 
kind of sex for women. I'm curious to hear if um, if you agree with that or not. 514-800 or anything else you want to, uh, to add or any comments you want to make about any of the things we've talked about tonight, you can always uh, text in. And on a, a funny story, this was on, on Reddit. So Reddit has like really funny stuff and the subreddits. They have all kinds of these groups and people making uh, comments and such. The headline is really funny. Guy's family collectively freaks out after he accidentally leaves a massive sex toy in the shower. I just want to read you his, just his post, okay? So I'm a guy and I live with my parents because rent around here is three grand a month and I'm going to school right now. Up until recently, I was almost never home because I was at work, school, or my girlfriends. But we broke up a few months ago and now with the pandemic and being single, I'm shut up at home with my parents and brother all day. Uh, So my girlfriend and I were pretty down to try new things, and we liked using sex toys on each other. One thing we really enjoyed was her using a strap-on on me. Don't knock it till you try it, guys. The prostate is magic. Anyway, it goes on to describe more of that. Um... So I decided to have some me time in the shower, remembering the good old days. It's the perfect place because everything's so easy to clean. So I do my thing, just like old times, and then I and then I go to sleep. Um, so then he goes on to say, my much younger brother uh, found it first, didn't know what it was, woke my mom up to show her, and then my dad came to find out what the commotion was about. Now the whole family knows I like baguette-sized dongs up the keister. That was the question. That was the final part of it. I just thought it was funny. Uh, coming up, I'll share a study with you about gender differences in casual sex. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Well, anything goes on a Friday night, as you know. We share different stories. I'll share with you some recent uh, research in sexuality and relationships, some funny stories, and, of course, your texts. Always welcomed. So here, um, oh, my God, Dr. Lori, that just described my relationship with a narcissist. He was so staged, he would even rotate his head before kissing me like he was adjusting a mask. Bingo. Um, yeah, that's the, the being too good, being mechanical is actually a really bad thing. <laughs> so it seems, right? Um, the passion poet for our Japanese friend, he uh, created a little poet poem for you. We are 8 billion people. We all share the same earth. We all breathe the same air from the day of our birth. All our blood is red, no matter race, religion, or color. We are all from the same origin. We are all a sister and a brother. Governments created borders. Borders can build a prejudice. Let's stop building these walls. We are so much better than this. Thank you. That's uh, very well said. I agree with you, Lori. Honesty and integrity are values fundamentally dependent upon personality and choice rather than being restricted to gender. And just like not everyone necessarily possesses integrity, likewise, not everyone likes it either. Uh, LOL, that was a hilarious story, Lori. Thanks for sharing. Had a good laugh. 
Another text writes, men lie, women lie too, which always surprises me more, but that's how it goes. It does sadden me though that so much lying goes on by men in the dating app world. There are a lot of nice, caring, and genuine women online, and I wish there weren't as many morally disappointing, horny-focused guys that women were sadly they sadly get hit with. It ends up that women frequently take breaks from the forums as a result. Another texter, some of these womenizer types even want to have a woman's verbal affirmation of their performance and size. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. They are clueless narcissists who rarely have meaningful long-term relationships. No surprise there. Mechanical experts with no heart belong with fellow robots. So well said. Um, Another text writes, My performance is due to the ability of the woman to participate at the same level. Previous female partners have taught me the do's and don'ts of good sex. Nothing worse than making love to a dead fish. Why is the pressure on the male? Well, uh, this was a study looking at men who are trying to perform and being mechanically good and being expert at, uh, at being good. I'm sure if we did something similar with women, we might find that, uh, that as well. I just can't speak to that because I don't have the research on that. Uh, on a different note, women in general are far more honest than men in general. You know what you are getting in a woman. Takes a woman much longer to know what she is getting in return. Another one, perfect sexual technique. I think most women just want their men to be clued in and responsive to their body language, emotions, and conversations too. Emotions, you just said it. Uh, Boars and preener guys, generally not so welcome. Uh, Every guy thinks he's the best in bed. In bed, when I'm good, I'm very good. And when I'm bad, I'm even better. (laughs) All right, we've been talking about men, women. Well, this is an interesting study on gender differences in casual sex. And the question was asked, is the gender gap closing? So we know that online dating has certainly changed the, the, the dating game, right? We know that. There was a recent study uh, in the U.S. that found that 78.2% of adults between the ages of 18 and 34 claim to have had casual sex with someone they met online. 78%. That's huge. Um, of course, to they can't really measure the degree to which people are having casual sex, but what they've found and we're talking about people having intercourse with without being in a in a committed relationship just saying um more than half of young people between 18 and 25 have had at least one casual sex encounter in their life and i wonder if we ask the the older generation too we might find similar um similar things So what they go on to say is that one of the problems with calculations is that people either genuinely misestimate uh, or consciously misrepresent their own involvement in casual sex. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this, right? Men tend to upwardly exaggerate their numbers, whereas women downplay them. Uh, on some surveys, men report four times as many sexual partners as women. 
They go on to say, clearly, this is madness, as in heterosexual relationships, each new sexual partner for a man is a new sexual partner for a woman, so the numbers should be equal. Um, so clearly a little bit different. Anyway, they did this anonymous online um, survey, and they asked a whole bunch of people, over a thousand people, questions about casual sex, and this is what they found. Um, most of their sample, they and they looked at 18 to 82 okay, uh, said that they had had casual sex uh, ever. So that was about 73%. 12% refused to answer and 4% were unsure and the rest said no. Um, it wasn't surprising. There was a huge gender difference. Again, with men reporting nearly twice as many hookups on average as women, um, 28 versus 15, and given previous literature, this was expected. There was a handful of respondents even said they'd had more than a thousand hookups, including just one woman. Uh, 8% of men, uh, but only 3% of women said they'd had more than a hundred. Uh, so the, what they found is the more interesting gender difference, differences were in terms of what motivated individuals to engage in casual sex and how they felt afterwards. So I, I want to focus on how they felt afterwards. Compared to men, women said they felt more lonely, unhappy, rejected, regretful, and felt more negative feelings about themselves and were more concerned about being negatively judged by others. Men said they felt more sexually satisfied, happier, confident, content, and their mood improved. So is casual sex good for women? <laughs> it's good for men, but not good for women. That's really the bottom line here. Uh, yes, our attitudes around female sexu sexuality and sexual autonomy are, are changing, we're more accepting of women, uh, women being in control of their sexuality, but there are still big, big gender differences uh, when it comes to casual sex. Bottom line, casual sex is not good for women. This is, you know, according to research, not the first research I've seen where I've seen the negative effects and the negative impact is on women and not on men. What are we going to do about that? I have no idea. Uh, you are surprised. I goofed around on a few dating sites. Getting sex is easy, but maybe getting rid of them may be difficult. Okay. Are you a guy or uh, a woman here telling me this? I wonder. 514-800. Uh, All right. Why the lockdown is turning some people on but others off. We're going to talk about that. Why, like, some people are having more sex. Are you having, are you feeling more desire for sex or less desire for sex while you have been in, uh, in isolation? I'd love to know. Send, let me know. 514-800. We'll talk about that. And, um, a letter. I want to, I want to read you a little letter from a, a, a woman who um, is a, a parent making porn to make ends meet during COVID quarantine. She was a stripper, strip clubs are closed and now turning to the internet. But she wrote a, a little piece, an, an opinion piece about this. I just want to share a few paragraphs.
From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. A couple of minutes left to get your uh, thoughts in here at 514-800. A text writes, in casual sex is like masturbation. Sex and falling in love is amazing. This is from a guy, by the way. Once you experience, you cannot be satisfied by casual sex. I like that. That's uh, okay. Uh, Another texter says, this is probably because women are socialized to only not want sex outside of marriage or be labeled a slut, whereas men are socialized to score with as many women as they can to be labeled a hero. This is why women feel shame and men feel joy after casual sex. Exactly. So that double standard which, you know, we were hoping was changing. I mean, it is changing slowly, 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 but it can take like decades before that happens. Um, We're still hanging on to that same old double standard. It's good for men, but not good for women. Um, I, someone else, I'm still pissed. Hope she broke his nose. He is not so tough now. Got beat up by a woman twice his age. I know that story uh, about the Asian woman who was uh, harassed by men was horrible, just horrible. If you missed it, listen to the podcast. It'll be posted on drlaurie.com or on SoundCloud. You can pick up and you can hear it. It's at the beginning of the show, and there's a lot of uh, response to that one. So let's talk about this self-isolation. Is it turning people on and ter- or turning people off, or why does it turn some people on but ser- turn others off? So um, a researcher looked at this and said this is the way to look at it is through the lens of what's called the dual control model of sexual response, which argues that we all have different propensities for sexual excitation, getting turned on, and sexual inhibition, getting turned off. Um, Put in another way, and I love the way it's put here, we all have a gas pedal and a brake when it comes to sexual arousal. Some people have a gas pedal that is always partially pressed, which makes it easier for them to get turned on, whereas others have a brake pedal that is always partially pressed, which makes it harder for them to get turned on. For people who are easily inhibited, stressful situations like the one we're in um, are likely to slam the brake. These individuals will probably find that it's hard to get in the mood for sex right now unless they can find a really potent distraction or another way to get in the moment. By contrast, for those who are easily excitable, stressful situations don't necessarily create the same roadblock and they could potentially even have the opposite effect. How? They explain this. We know that fear and anxiety sometimes have the effect of amplifying sexual arousal rather than suppressing it. Like, strong emotions are often mistaken for sexual attraction. Furthermore, excitation transfer can potentially occur in which strong emotional states end up amplifying a sexual response. This is why we see things like makeup sex or why some people think makeup sex is is the best sex it's the residual arousal from a fight with your partner that intensifies the sexual arousal in that particular type of case so if you're someone who is who's easily excited to begin with you're probably more susceptible to these effects where stress might paradoxically paradoxically push the gas pedal further 
rather than the uh, break. So you could be one or you could be other, another. Think about it. Are you the brake pedal or the gas pedal? The important thing is there's not one right way. There's not one better way. Um, it's all good. We all have to do us. You do you. I do me. We all cope in different ways and it's all okay. That's the bottom line. Let me share a couple of, um, just a couple of paragraphs from a woman who uh, wrote this, uh, this letter. Uh, this is by L. Stranger. Uh, she can be found at on, on, on social media at Stripper Writer, basically. She's a sex worker, parent, apparently also a certified sex educator and producer of the Strange Bedfellows podcast. She says, for some of us, porn making and digital work are our only real option to provide for our families right now. I have been a stripper for the last 11 years, one who merely dabbled in webcam and porn making until, that is, coronavirus quarantines and shutdowns closed Oregon clubs as of March 16, eliminating the bulk of my income. The pandemic took the world by surprise. Many workplaces shuttered indefinitely, and I, like many other out-of-work parents, found myself explaining to my child that some things would be different for a while. She won't be playing with her friends, mommy won't be buying as many books and toys, and our schedules will be unusual. In this COVID time, I am relying entirely on digital work, such as live webcams, solo and partnered sex shows, selling fetish videos, and sexting for tips. Co-parenting gives me time to shoot porn when she's at her dad's house, but the juggle is real when I'm answering emails and sexting for tips long into the night after tucking my kid into bed. Sometimes I'm able to send pics and chat with customers from the tub while she reads from her room. Does your family know what you do? Well, she writes, what my daughter knows about mommy's work is context appropriate for her age. She's eight years old. She knows that mommy works in a business called a strip club and dances for people and tells them jokes, gives them hugs and gets tipped money for doing so because bodies are interesting and beautiful and people will pay money to appreciate them and because companionship is important. Try and uh, explain this to, to your child, right? When she's older, she goes on to say, I will explain to her that I've worked with people's bodies and genitals and that I've been paid for sex and that, and that I've earned money from having conversations and filming myself masturbating or even stepping on cigarettes. I will explain to her that some of this work was legal and some of it was not. Does the child need to even know all of this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Um... Anyway, there's a, if you want to read her whole piece, it's like four pages long. I just wanted to share little bits with you. You can find her at Stripper Writer um, on social media. So, uh, And she's got a podcast, which I've never heard. I'm just saying. Uh, last um, couple of texts here. Lori, you may recall my texting you about having put a man in his place after having heard his ad on a dating line where he disclosed having returned from a casual date that involved sex and was consequently seeking for more. 
Well, unfortunately, ever since I've come across numerous similar ads from such COVID-idiots and upon officially complaining to a customer service rep regarding the fact, I was shocked to discover that not only did she not take the matter seriously in the least and was being unprofessionally sarcastic and confrontational with me, but apparently she didn't even seem to be aware of the fact that under the current circumstances, Casual sex with strangers is downright illegal. Have I slipped into the twilight zone? I'm not sure that casual sex with strangers is actually illegal. I don't think it's a law, um, but it's darn stupid right now. Very, very stupid uh, for sure. Uh, casual sex is temp is temporarily good for men's egos. The more, the merrier. However, the price is often going backwards in character development, and women's feelings of loneliness are kind of the proof of it. Um, I, for decades, have been a once-a-day guy since the pandemic twice, quite easily, surprised even myself. So you're one of them that uh, likes it more. All right, well, listen, we're all different. We're all different. The problem is, is that if for you, it arouses you more in this state and your partner, it's the opposite. That's when you can run into some, uh, potential, potential issues. Um, nah, I don't have time for any more than that. All right. Uh, I really enjoyed spending this week with you. Of course. Uh, sometimes I feel like this is my, you know, my connection to the outside world is, is with all of you. So thank you for being part of my world. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me, you want to vent, you want to tell me about a situation, you want to share something with our listeners, you have a, a specific question about sex and relationships, you have a, spe- a question about coping or you want some um, suggestions of things that you can do during these times or you just want to talk, you reach out to me, okay? Reach out to me. The best way to do it is by email, laurie at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E. All right, so get in touch with me. I want to thank you all for uh, for being here with me tonight. Thanks to Nicole, our technical producer, Linda Delisi, our passion researcher. On my website, drlaurie.com, you can catch the podcasts of uh, the past shows if you have missed any, and you can see there all the topics are there. So if any topics interest you and you want to share them, you can do that as well. You On the website um, is also my TEDx Talks. that we're, We are at 999,000 views. I'm very close to a million. You all helped me get there. Uh, so I want to push it over that. 1 million mark it'll be fun to to just see the number show up that way that's all just for fun uh coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening a wonderful peaceful weekend and remember to live your life with passion